Last week, we started a sermon series on what is grace. And we talked about grace in general and some general concepts about grace. We talked about that grace essentially is God's love. Grace is just another word for God's love. We talked about that God initiates that, that grace is given to us as a gift from God. Nothing that we have done to deserve it. We haven't earned it. It is God's favor given freely, free love given to us from God for nothing we've done. We talked about that God's love is free for all and free in all, so grace is moving in all people. We talked about that. We talked about that God loves each one of us. And I had you say aloud that God loves me. Let's do that again. God loves me. God does love each and every one of us. And then we also talked about that everything comes from grace. Even the knowledge that we need grace is given to us from grace. And so I say, what comes from grace? And you say, what comes from grace? Everything. Everything comes from grace. Our understanding of the teaching of grace comes to us from John Wesley. He's the founder of the Methodist movement. And he spoke about that there is one grace, that there is only one grace, but that grace comes to us in three kinds. There are prevenient grace, justification, and sanctification. There's three weeks left in July. Guess when we're going to talk about each one of those? He talks about prevenient grace, justification, and sanctification as being the way of salvation. And the way to think about it is, is they're kind of like mile markers or road markers on our path from no faith to mature Christian faith. And they lead us down that path and it marks off how we are maturing in the Christian faith. And this morning we're going to start with prevenient grace. Everybody say prevenient. prevenient. Say prevenient. prevenient. Say prevenient. Prevenient. Prevenient grace. The word prevenient means comes before or goes before. This is the grace that we receive at birth that carries us until that time when we say, okay, I get it. Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. I accept that. And it is a grace that we have that covers us, goes before us before that point, takes us to that point, and carries us through to that point. That's what prevenient grace is, which is why I think it's the coolest the coolest part of grace. It is the Holy Spirit moving and dancing alive in, through you, around you, and in everyone who is around you. It is the Holy Spirit wooing you. I love that, wooing you. It's the Holy Spirit just, just dancing with you and leading you into this life with Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit whispering in your ear, you know, hey, this guy Jesus, he's actually pretty cool. You might want to listen up. And it's the Holy Spirit whispering to your heart and saying, God loves you more than you can ever possibly imagine. And it's the Holy Spirit teaching you who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is tilling the ground before that seed can go in. That's what's happening during prevenient grace. The Holy Spirit is just bouncing all over the place. Active, alive, and preparing us to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Preparing our heart and mind to hear those words about Jesus, and it's that grace that carries us and teaches us and brings us to this point of understanding that Jesus is the Savior. I grew up in the state of Alabama. There is a state and national hero out of the state of Alabama named Helen Keller. I went to Helen Keller's childhood home when I was a kid, got to go, got to go see the house where she was raised. 
When she was two years old, she contracted some kind of illness, some kind of infection that robbed her, for, uh, robbed her of her sight and her hearing. She became blind and deaf at the age of two. Sometime during her childhood, her parents hired a young woman named Ann Sullivan to come and be her teacher, and that's what the name that Helen Keller gave her was teacher. And she taught her sign language, but of course she couldn't see, and so Ann Sullivan would finger all of the sign language into Helen Keller's hand so that she could feel it during conversations. They worked so well together that Helen Keller went on to college. She got a college degree, graduated from college. She became an advocate and a well-known public speaker, an advocate for those with disabilities, and she went on to be quite a mover and shaker in many worlds to bring access to those who are disabled. Helen Keller went to church for the first time when she was an adult. She was an adult the first time she went to church. And she had a friend of hers, Bishop Phillips Brooks, who she used to correspond with, write letters back and forth with him. And they had numerous conversations about the Bible, about Scripture, about who God is, about different pieces of theology. And in one of these letters, Helen Keller revealed to him her experience of going to church for the first time. She said that she had always known someone was with her. She had always known this sense of a great love being with her. She said she always had this sense of something bigger than she was herself, but before she went to church, she didn't know the name. And the name of this great love, she said, is God. Before she even set foot in a church, she knew, she sensed this great love surrounding her. She knew someone was with her. She knew someone was carrying her. John Wesley would call that provenient grace. That it's provenient grace that she knew God's presence without knowing God's name. She could recognize God's presence in the love surrounding her without having a name for it. John Wesley writes that provenient grace is vulgarly called the natural conscience. That natural conscience, that little voice that we have that tries to direct us to make right decisions and to choose good over bad, even before we have been indoctrinated into the followings and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Helen Keller had a whiff of that. And I love that about her story, that she knew that great love before she could name it. Whether you call it conscience, whether you call it little voice, John Wesley calls it provenient grace. Our story this morning that Melanie read is one of my favorite healing stories in Scripture because it's so thick with so much meaning in it. This man was born blind. He was born blind. In the society there, the Jewish societies that would have been around, and it would have been dependent on, upon which city they were in and which rabbi you had and which synagogue you had, it's pretty clear in the scripture, the story that follows, this man had never been welcomed in the synagogue because he was born blind. He would have been a beggar. He would have been on the side of the road. People would not have come up and initiated a conversation with him. They would have seen him begging. They would not have gently handed him anything because they were afraid of touching him. They would have thrown the coins on the ground and he would have had to feel around to find them. They were afraid of touching him because he might be contagious. They might catch something from him. So imagine 
living your entire life with the only human touch that you experience being your mother and maybe an older sister. That's potentially what this man's life was like. He was cast aside. He was avoided. He was pushed out of the Jewish community. He didn't have connections within the Jewish community. He would have seen his, well, he wouldn't have seen him, but he would have heard his family having meals with neighbors and he wouldn't have been welcome. Just imagine that for a moment. And when Jesus sees him, Jesus makes some mud, and what does Jesus do? He touches him. And this may very well have been the first person outside his family to touch him. Notice that the man did not go up to Jesus and say, I believe in you, will you heal me? Jesus went to him and said, be healed. This man experienced the love of Jesus before he knew who Jesus was. And that is prevenient grace. Jesus brought him love without him even asking for it. Jesus brought him deliverance. He changed this man's life. He now could go into the synagogue. He now could go in and praise and worship. He could now be with other people in the community. That is a form of deliverance and salvation. That is a form of creating relationship between this man, the community, and with God. We are all sitting here today because we believe that being in relationship with God is only made better by being in fellowship with other believers. Amen? This, you're here because it makes a difference in your life. It makes a difference in your relationship with Jesus. Now this man's going to experience that and have that support system, have the fellow believers around him. Now he can go out to eat with other people. He can be in fellowship with his neighbors. Other people will touch him beyond his family, all because Jesus loved him first. That is prevenient grace. The man's reaction to Jesus' gift is for him to worship him. Jesus comes back to him and says, do you know who the Son of Man is? And the man says, no, I don't. I want to meet him. And Jesus says, that's me. And the man says, I believe. He believes because Jesus loved him enough to touch him. His reaction to that grace was to worship. What is our response to prevenient grace? What is our response to prevenient grace? We've got the Holy Spirit whipping around us, moving through us, all around us, whispering in our ear, Jesus loves you. Jesus is a great guy. You need to come get to know Jesus. And we finally decide, okay, I get it. So what do we do? We turn and we look at Jesus straight on. We turn and we look at God straight on and we say, I want a life with you. I want a life with you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to fix this that is not quite right. And I want to be with you. We have another word for that turning. And it's repentance. Our response to that provenient grace just moving in us and pulling us to Jesus is to turn around and say, I get it. I want to be with you. 
our response to the Holy Spirit pulling and tugging on us is to say, hi, Jesus, let's do this together. And our response to that relationship with Jesus, that reconciliation that happens, is that then our life is never the same. Our life cannot be the same once Jesus is in it. It just can't be what it was before. Praise be to God. So when we repent, we turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, let's do this together. And Jesus says, you bet, let's go. And life is forever different. In this story of this blind man being healed, I love what it reveals to us about God and what it reveals to us about ourselves. This story shows us that God is a God of the cast-offs, that God is the God of those who are pushed out by society, that God is the God of those who are avoided, the ones that we really don't want to touch, the ones we really don't want to see. God's there because God's grace is in all people. It also shows us something about ourselves, that we stand in the need of grace, that we stand in the need of deliverance and salvation. But it also shows that we are worthy of that grace. We are worthy of that deliverance. We are worthy of that salvation, not because we did anything, but because Jesus loves us, period. Grace is all about God's love. Prevenient grace is all about God's love before we even know who Jesus is, before we can even say God's name. That's what prevenient grace is. Prevenient grace is about leading us and teaching us and moving us from no faith into faith in Jesus Christ. And that's where we're going to go next week. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.